You know, I think we think that we know what love looks like, especially, you know, once we've been a Christian for a while, we feel like we have a pretty good handle on it. But as we've looked through this series and we've seen what Jesus did and how he loved us on and leading up to the cross, even in the midst of all of the suffering that he faced, I think that should shake our definition of love. Today we're going to explore what did he do and how should it change the way that we think about love and what it means to relate to God and to relate to others. Hi, I'm Joseph Walter and this is my wife Monica and we're on Loving Theology today and we're talking about our series that I've called His Final Hours. And in this series what we did was we went through and we looked at Jesus' final hours leading up to the cross and what happened to him and how did he carry himself through it. And we saw some incredible things. We saw the way that he was betrayed by Judas and also by the Jewish religious leaders. And then the way that he was abandoned by Peter, his closest friend probably, and the way that even all of his disciples abandoned him. And also the physical suffering that he endured on the cross, the beatings, the abuse, and the crucifixion itself. And throughout all of that, we can see the incredible hardship that he endured. But the way that he carried himself through it, I think is what, what astonished me. The way that he loved people through the midst of that was incredible. I mean, he loved people that he was just meeting for the first time, just sort of passing by, um, like Pilate, whenever he witnessed to him. Or the way that he loved his disciples and his friends, even though he knew that they were going to abandon him, the way that he encouraged them, comforted them, mm -hmm. and, and tried to help them so that they would be able to withstand the temptation to fall away. And, and then also the way that he even loved Judas, and the one that would betray him, and he knew that he would betray him, but he still washed his feet, he still cared for him, he still loved him. And it was incredible to see the way that he loved on his worst day. I don't think I could have loved that way on my best day, yeah. but he did it literally on his worst. And I think that, that that says something, that shows us something that, like I said, should probably shake our definition of love, make us question, how do we understand love? I think as we redefine that today, and as we look at how do we love like Jesus did, I, I think that it can change the way that, uh, that we think about it, what it means to be loved by God, and also change what it means to, to be loving towards others. I wanted to make the point of how we are actually able to follow in Jesus' footsteps. When we are call ourselves followers of Jesus, we are actually, you know, he has given us the Holy Spirit so that we can follow in his steps. It's not this impossible life because we have the Spirit in us. And I think believing in that truth, we can actually feel encouraged to, um, you know, see all of these stories that we see and we're like, oh, that's so incredible of him to have done. I could never do that. The reality is, is that we can and he asks us to do that. So we want to talk about a few examples where we can, you know, love others the way Jesus did. Yeah, I mean, I think that... The idea is that whenever you see the way that Jesus loved, it's meant to be an inspirational picture. Mm -hmm. And the key is in that word inspirational. In other words, it's meant to inspire a response. Mm -hmm. Like that we feel motivated and inspired to do what Jesus did. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of what Jesus did where whenever you see it, you go, wow, okay, that is loving. Mm -hmm. But I think the part that maybe I don't feel like I can imitate, if I'm honest, is that he does this on his bad day. Like mm -hmm. on his bad days, like, and I mean, like, I've never had bad days like Jesus was having at that point. Yeah. And I, even on my, like, by comparison then, even on my, like, less good days, because by comparison, that's all I've had, um, is I still am not loving like that. Mm -hmm. I, I lose my patience with, you know, Monica or the kids, 
you know, just because I'm stressed out about something or other mm -hmm. um, or whatever it is, I lose my patience all too easily. I, you know, just maybe I'm hurting about something. Maybe it's a little bit of a bigger deal and I'm like, I'm really actually going through something. And that's whenever I'm just like, no, we're not going to talk about what you need to talk about right now because I'm going through something. Like, I'm a closed door right now. Like, if, you, yeah. if you're going through something, like, I've got something bigger going on right now. So yeah. you deal with you because I'm, de I'm dealing with something right now. I need some time. And yes, there's, there's a role for, you know, taking time to ourselves. Jesus even did it to where he drew alone to pray. But what I'm getting at is that these were his toughest hours, way tougher than anything that I've faced. And still in the midst of it, he was encouraging his disciples. He yeah. was comforting them. He was witnessing to people along the way. He was, the yeah. way that he was loving, even in those times, is the part that I feel is really difficult to imitate. Yeah. Um, and I think that as we think about how do we do that, I think the, the answer has to come from life by the Spirit, which is, you know, Romans 8 talks about this, mm -hmm. where basically we rely on the Spirit mm -hmm. to be able to do this. I think some of it comes in the picture of what Jesus went through in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. Because Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane before a lot of this happened, not all of it, because we did talk about some of the things that happened before the Garden, mm -hmm. but before a lot of what he went through, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And Hebrews tells us that, um, you know, the Lord heard his prayer and that his prayer was answered because of his reverence. And that answer, which is told in Luke, is that an angel came to him and strengthened him. And I think that in the place of prayer, God is there to strengthen us so that we can love like that. So I think, you know, sort of the picture for me in terms of making this practical is in those, in those bad days, we can't use that as an excuse anymore. Yeah. And I, I, if I'm honest, I do use it as an excuse to be a little less than loving. Uh, whether yeah. that's towards my neighbors, towards my uh, what, my family, my wife, um, or you know, just towards random people I'm passing by, yeah, you know, where I'm more focused on myself than I am on ways to to be outwardly focused. Yeah, I don't think that I think that Jesus's picture tells us that we can't use that as an excuse anymore. Yeah. But his example of how we do that doesn't doesn't isn't absent self care. There still is a place where we get to go before the Lord and pray and work through those things. But it's with an attitude towards, let's, God, give me the strength to be loving to others, even in the midst of this, even though I'm going through something difficult. And that, that example, I think, is the picture of what it, where I think Jesus' example really challenges us to be loving in all things, always. Yeah. And, I, and it, it's, to be honest, if it feels like it's beyond your ability, it feels like it's beyond mine, that's because it is. Yeah. Um, and that's why we need to look outside of our ability and lean on the strength that the Lord has for us in the place of prayer, like I said earlier, where he wants to strengthen us and encourage us so that we can be loving even on our bad days. We can still live that way, you know, and, and, right. and keeping in a place of prayer so that we can go out into this world and live just as loving as Jesus did. But I did want to um, go over the the part about where Judas, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Jesus is washing his feet. Jesus knows, he knows what's about to happen and he knows who's going to do it. And yet we talked about how he took just as much time and love and care on everyone. I don't think he discriminated on Judas's feet and just did a quick wash right. job. Right. Because he's Sprinkle like, some water. I right. know. You yeah. move on. Yeah. Next. <laughs> I think just knowing Jesus that he washed his feet just as much and um, that he knew this this can almost seem like maybe um, when we have a friend that we like know 
that they're probably going to come and hurt us again and they're maybe an inconvenient friend where like they're just it's a difficult relationship mm -hmm. that we can and through the spirit still have the power to love them fully and um and not you know treat them differently because we know the way that they are and they're difficult that we treat them as Ju as uh, Judas was treated by Jesus and I think that's such a perfect example to like those people that are just very difficult and we know that they're going to be they might still be difficult ongoing they might ask for forgiveness but we know it might just be like words or whatever we still can love them and, and Jesus shows us how to yeah I mean the way that he like it's it's in the middle of you know Judas betraying him that he calls him friends still yeah and you know I think that you know we talked about this that I think that sometimes we imagine that Jesus wasn't really good friends with Judas that he he kind of kept his guard up a little bit but mm -hmm. I think that if anything this is the example that he didn't yeah he continued to love and serve him even while in the middle of the fact that mm -hmm. Judas was betraying him the fact that mm -hmm. Judas was hurting him yeah I think it shows that like you know given if we've been given this this spirit that you know Jesus had to be able to do that and to not you know um like you know he didn't put up a wall that we can also just live in a place of confidence and hope and peace in who we are and extend ourselves even to the people that we know are going to continuously hurt us and we're going to be just fine and we can have peace in that yeah there was the, it's that picture i think it's the perfect picture of that moment where you know Jesus on the sermon on the mount he says you know you've heard it said an eye for an eye but I tell you that if, if someone slaps you on which your right cheek, you know, turn to him the other also. And it's just that, that picture of being willing to love the person, love your enemy, um, to really truly serve them. And I think that there's a lot to that that maybe we can unpack in a series at some point, just yeah. kind of what that, what that looks like to really love your enemy. But, you know, yeah. maybe we'll get into that later. Mm -hmm. um, something else too is witnessing on its own is difficult for me, um, mm -hmm. to unbelievers, I mean, in, in terms of, you know, sharing my faith and knowing exactly how to do it, a lot of times, I, and I want to do a series on this too, to sort of talk about what that looks like and what it means to be a city set on a hill. Um, but as I think about, you know, witnessing, like it, those, those are the times that are difficult for me. And then when I think about the fact that Jesus was witnessing to Pilate, even in the midst of his bad day, and also knowing that Pilate was ultimately going to be the one to sentence him to crucifixion, you know, not, not because Pilate wanted to, we can see that in the story. But throughout the process, we talked about this, how Jesus basically... Um, I think partially, at least maybe even fully convinced Pilate of who he was, that he was uh, the king of the Jews, and mm -hmm. that maybe even he was the son of God. Mm -hmm. And I think that the, the fact that he went through that and that he was focused on like, you know, witnessing, even in that context, mm -hmm. challenges us again to be willing to do that even on our bad days. Yeah. Um, because my worst day, like I said earlier, is still just simply a less good day uh, by comparison to what Jesus was going through. And still in that moment, he was witnessing. And so again, I just think that it kind of removes that excuse that maybe sometimes we have because yeah, we all have good days, we all have bad days, but we're called to be loving. We're called to be loving even to unbelievers in that sense, which is witnessing, um, you know, in the, in the proper way and, and with love in our heart towards them. Um, we're called to do that even on the days that are difficult for us. Yeah. And um, just to, I wanted to say one more point mm -hmm. where um, just, I think, one of the biggest ways is really um, we see these the soldiers are mm -hmm. mocking him. I mean, mm -hmm. they're just like 
laughing at him, making this, you know, historical moment, this huge spiritual moment and just tearing Jesus to shreds, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in every way that they can, spitting yeah. in his face. Like, I mean, beating the, him, making the kind of thorns, everything that they did yeah. it was like I said, entirely their own invention. Yeah. They, they're just doing this for fun. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they're abusing him. And I just think, I mean, like those slashes, like, you know, just picturing that is just awful. I couldn't imagine ever going through pain that much. And Mm -hmm. I just think if Jesus could sit there and forgive them, Mm -hmm. you know, this picture, and I've talked about this before in like my past and going through abuse that I think that that is his heart to extend forgiveness and to have mercy on even those that had abused him. And I mean, in like such an awful way mm-hmm. that he is, you know, that is his heart. His heart was compassion for them. His heart was, you know, to ask for forgiveness because they know not what they're doing. Like that he wanted not just to forgive them, but he wanted them to have peace with God one day. You know, he, that was his desire and that's his heart. And I think that as I've gone through life and I've, I've had to face, you know, forgiving, you know, people that have hurt me that I've, it, that was like such a enlightening moment for me was to see like, not only do I need to forgive them because unforgiveness is bad for me to hold. Okay. So I did that, but I, got to the point where I was praying for these people because in the end, that's God's heart is that all of us, you know, Mm -hmm. come to him, that all of us come to know him and the truth and to live in freedom. And in the end, anyone that is hurting, I mean, we've heard of hurt people, hurt people, but anyone that is hurting, you know, most likely they have so much pain and so many things going on in themselves that they need mercy, they need prayer, and they need it just as much as I did for what I went through. Yeah, I think that, I mean, this is something that you've talked about before that I think is just like part of your own story that is just such an incredible picture uh, that Jesus portrayed here, that I think that you did a good job portraying too, is that he didn't simply forgive the soldiers. Mm -hmm. He wanted God to forgive them. Mm -hmm. And it's just, he wanted them to be reconciled to the father Mm -hmm. that's love and it's the people who like i said they were enjoying abusing him they were making up inventing ways to abuse him Mm -hmm. and to mock him and to hurt him yeah and still in that context he was desiring that they should be reconciled to god saying you know forgive them father for they know not what they're doing and i you know i was just thinking that all of this was prophecy you know prophesied before jesus knew you know i mean he's all knowing but like he knew he was walking into the abuse mm-hmm. and he still mm-hmm. chose and i think of just like my own story like where i am now and like where the relationship i have with the lord that even when people you know hurt us that jesus chose to go through all that because he knew what it would mean in the end mm-hmm. and that it would be better and i think that that's just such a redeeming story like the lord can redeem any and all situations you know for each one of us as you know we've we're facing things like from our past or you know any sort of pain yeah i think i think that is such a good example of redemption 
And it's, it reminds me of the verse where he says, you know, for the joy set before him, mm-hmm. he endured the cross. And I think that there's, there's some comfort in that, that whenever we have gone through difficult things, we can look back and say, for the joy set before us, I would mm-hmm. have endured that again. Yeah. And, you know, we can then hopefully, and this is some of that picture from Romans 5, 3 through 5 that talks about as we do that more and more, it builds this character in us that builds this expectation of hope. Yeah. And when we have that expectation of hope, what that means is that then even whenever it's something that we don't fully know the outcome, Mm -hmm. we can still have hope because we know who God is. That's what that concept of character is, is that we know we have that confidence in who he is. Yeah. And as a result, we can, for the joy set before us, endure whatever we're facing in that moment. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully this discussion today has helped to make this series um, something practical for you, where you can see the way that this can change how we receive God's love and how we walk in love towards others. Mm -hmm. And I hope that this has done that for you. We'll put a link for the whole series below in case you missed one or another of the posts so that you can kind of watch it all in context and really get to see what Jesus did and some of these examples that we're talking about in a little bit more detail. And there's other examples that we have that we didn't bring up here, obviously, just in this short discussion. Um, And then also, like I said earlier, I I really want to transition us into the next series um, that I think you'll really love, where we see um, what it means to have a quiet time. I'm calling it Make Room to Be Refreshed. And what I want us to see in it is that our quiet times are a place where Jesus isn't looking to be served, but he's looking to serve. Mm-hmm. That the same way that he carried himself throughout all of this, where he was looking to serve rather than be served. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what he does for us still today in our quiet times. Yeah. Those are the times where he serves us. Mm-hmm. And I want to maybe flip our perspective there a little bit and maybe even help to change our motivation for going into quiet times mm-hmm. that, and, and spending time with God. And I think, I think that there's something in us for that. I think it's something that will be helpful to you. Uh, be sure to subscribe and hit the bell so that you don't miss it. Um, And either way, I appreciate you spending time with us today. Hopefully this has been helpful to you. um, And thank you for joining us.